Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Uh, NBA season starts tomorrow and really looking forward to this year. Um, the NBA does such a great job in really hyping up the start of every season uh, from the last to the next. Uh, they do it just as well as anybody. And there's so many great narratives and storylines to be keeping an eye on before we head into the action starting tomorrow. And a man that's been good enough every time we've asked to do that with us is the host of LA. Uh, he's the host of Lakers Talk on ESPN LA. He hosts the Travis and Sleewish show on ESPN LA. He's forgotten more about the Lakers than most of us will ever know. Alan Slee has been good enough to join us from LA. Hello, mate. Hey, how are you doing? Thank you for having me on, Sam. Uh, it's a pleasure. Great to catch up with you. Um, as I said, NBA does it as well as anybody in setting up the narratives, the storylines. There's always something to really sink your teeth into uh, before each season. We'll get to a few teams specifically moving in, but what for you are the, are the biggest storylines heading in to this season, given that we only felt like last season finished a minute ago? Well, I, I think it's, you know, for the Lakers, it's you got these three superstars that um, you're going to try to make work. You're going to try to make fit. The Lakers do in the offseason. they got to get better with what the Brooklyn Nets have created, right? They're three superstars that they have there. So I think right out the gate, look at the Lakers. Let's see how the fit with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis will be. And then Brooklyn, is Kyrie Irving, will he eventually get vaccinated and be part of the mix here? Or is this something that is going to be a full-season issue when um, that big three turns out to being a big two. I, I think those two teams, that's the class of the Western Conference, it's the class of the Eastern Conference, and obviously what eventually happens with Kyrie Irving can tell a lot bigger of a story. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, looking forward to talk, getting your thoughts on Ben Simmons as well, who's back at training, but from the vision I've seen today, really not looking like he's happy to be there, which we were aware ahead of time anyway. But let's start with the Lakers, Alan, in your backyard. This is a really, I mean, this is, we, we've had something similar happen here in, in Aussie rules football where there was a certain team that um, ha, had been just at thereabouts with success in, in over recent years and many years. Uh, and whilst the LA won a, a title uh, two seasons back, uh, this team in particular hadn't been able to do it. They'd got so close, but they've, that they've stocked up on older and more experienced players. And it's something that's really uh, hotly debated on whether it's the right tactic. The LA Lakers have done exactly the same, so they couldn't go back-to-back. So what they've done is they've brought in just a heap more experience around LeBron James uh, and Anthony Davis. And one of those is Russell Westbrook, who for a lot of people they see him as a notoriously difficult, not someone who elevates others around him. He's been teammates with KD and uh, and James Harden, and, and that hasn't worked. Beal, and that hasn't worked. But he's a scoring machine. He's one of the most explosive, dynamic, super athletic. He's the triple-double machine. He comes into this team. I want to start with him. What did you make of that particular trade and that acquirement from the Lakers? Well, I, I was a proponent of it. I thought it was no matter what, I thought the Lakers couldn't come back from the off season. First of all, they couldn't come back with the same team. Um, they only are bringing back three of the same players. They have 11 new players on the team, and they needed another superstar. And I, I say that only because what Brooklyn created. So Russell Westbrook, look, is he the perfect fit? No, he's probably not. Is he somebody that complements what LeBron James and Anthony does perfectly? 
Probably not. But I, I'll tell you what some of his strengths are going to be. Um, he's hungry. The guy is coming into his 12th season in the NBA. He's never won an NBA championship. He's never been in a position where he's the third best player on a team. And that's what he's going to get with LeBron and Anthony Davis. So there's not going to be, you know, the, the type of pressure on his back the way it's been in Oklahoma City or when he was in Houston with the Rockets or, you know, really with the Wizards, there really wasn't that much pressure just because nobody really expected them to win. I think he's in a good situation because he's the third best player on your roster. And uh, he has some intangibles. Look, LeBron's going to be 37 in December. So you need another playmaker. They got one in Russell Westbrook. Now it, it might all look good on paper. And like I said, he's got a lot of, um, he's got a lot of incentives to want to win, never winning a championship, coming back to his hometown of L.A. Uh, with all that being said, I don't think anyone can predict how it's going to go until this thing starts. And obviously we don't have to wait much longer to see that opener tomorrow. There's a show called Dad's Army, which has been a reference thrown up about this Lakers team. Uh, when you look at the other names they've brought back in, Alan, um, Carmelo Anthony comes in um, to the side. Uh, he's another one who's never been able to experience uh, a championship, um, uh, you know, an out-and-out scorer. He's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, was out of the league and then brought back and was really good for Portland last year in the role he played. Trevor Ariza, Rajon Rondo, DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard's back as well. Is this a situation where LeBron... And you heard reports of it last year, maybe just not trusting some of the younger guys that were there, maybe not trusting the playmakers uh, that were there for when they came onto the court. And given that he's now starting to get injured for the first time in his career, which is just extraordinary, he knows that he's probably not going to be able to play every season. So with that in mind, is this a trust thing that LeBron's had to bring people in? He knows that when he's not out there or not suited up at all, these peop- this, this team, this squad can still win games. I think any time you have, you know, if you're a championship team, a championship roster in any sport, you, you usually got a lot of vets on the team. And last season, you know, it just depends where you are in your career. Montrez Harrell was fighting for a paycheck, his next paycheck, his next contract, as was Dennis Schroeder. Kyle Kuzma, I think, you know, as much as you try to sacrifice for the team, um, I, I think he's incredibly young as well. So I, I just I say that because the Lakers won a championship it was just a year ago or so, a little bit over a year ago. And they did it with a ton of veterans, guys who have been in the league for a long time, uh, who had a, a, an amazing amount of experience, have gone through championship runs in the past. And I feel like this roster kind of has a similar blueprint. So I think, it's, I think it, it has more to do with the fact that if the Lakers are going to win a championship and grab number 18 this year, you got to have a, a roster that's stacked with guys who've been there before or – are playing for the right reason, which is their number one priority is to win a championship. I think the Lakers got, you know, obviously a number of guys that could fall into that uh, category. Let's turn our attention to their first up opponents, uh, the Golden State Warriors, who have had a couple of lean years, and obviously they've been without the the services of Clay Thompson, but you've spoken about the big three. It's funny, isn't it, Alan, as I digress slightly? We went back to what I called the NBA Jam era last year, where it seemed like most teams had two superstars before Brooklyn decided... No, no, we don't want to do that anymore, as short-lived as it was. We want to go back to a super team scenario. So now everyone's sort of got to follow suit again, despite the fact that the Bucks won it without that kind of setup. But um, we, when big threes come around again, the Warriors have got their big three back. Steph Curry, who was almost MVP last year, Draymond, a gold medalist at the Olympics, and now Clay Thompson back. Um, they've certainly got a much more potent look about them this year. What are you expecting from the Warriors? Well, they got to get healthy. You know, um, 
James Wiseman is out for probably at least uh, another four weeks or so. Clay Thompson, there's some reports that he could come back in January. they got to be healthy. If they're healthy, uh, tougher outs in the Western Conference. So I'm, I'm actually I'm, – um, I like what the Golden State Warriors will bring to the table, but health is going to be everything for them. If they're not healthy, they're a 500 team. If they are healthy, you know, Clay Thompson is one of the easiest guys to root for in the NBA, plays both sides of the ball. You know, his his uh, his father, Michael Thompson, is who I did the pregame show with um, on uh, on 710 ESPN. And, uh, you know, he, he just he keeps saying it, it's just you're going to have to wait and see, right? Like when he comes back, will he still be the Clay Thompson that we were accustomed to before he left? And that's going to be the thing I think everybody's going to watch for. I think – uh, for the Golden State Warriors, if they're healthy, they could compete with any team in the Western Conference other than the Lakers, in my opinion, as in I don't think they would beat the Lakers in a seven-game set. But they don't believe that. I mean, they this is a team that's won championships before. Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry think they could take anybody down, but they're going to have to be healthy if they got any shot. What about your other LA team there, Alan? Talking to Alan Sliwa from ESPN LA. Um, the Clippers, it promised so much. They finally looked like they had everything working in the right direction. They bring in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and that was to complement a team that had already been playing uh, playoff basketball, but it just hasn't quite clicked. And now we're wondering whether Kawhi is going to be back at all. What's the situation with the Clippers coming into this season? Well, I think the Clippers will try to, you know, as best as they can with the team that they have, um, just stand pat, right? Do as have a as good of a regular season as possible, and if they're fortunate enough where Kawhi Leonard uh, comes back from his injury, April, May, something along those lines, maybe he doesn't play this season, but um, they're going to have to stand pat. And I think because of that Kawhi injury, this really for the Clippers is a three, four year. Um, it's they're looking. You know, I guess you could say towards the future. It's something that they're hoping is sustainable, that this isn't a one-year run. So that if Kawhi Leonard, you know, if he can't come back or if he's not the Kawhi Leonard they're accustomed to, well, get as much experience as you can with all the guys that you have. Have them build as much chemistry as they can. See if the front office can make some moves along the way. And then by the time you get to next season, you could take another crack at it. So I think the future for the Clippers, look, they – they're trying to build something sustainable. Obviously, that's Steve Ballmer's vision. If it doesn't all come together this season, it probably is because Kawhi Leonard wasn't healthy. And there's, you know, an extremely uh, amount of competition at the Western Conference. But uh, his health, if he's healthy, he'll co- they'll compete in the West. If he's not healthy, I-, I just don't know how they're going to be able to go up against some of these other teams. Uh, what about the Phoenix Suns? Uh, obviously, with the bridesmaids last year. Uh, they they were really one of the great stories of a season with the run that they were able to go on, the chemistry that they um, seemed to get very quickly with Chris Paul going there and, and their younger players sort of stepped up to become the players we thought they would. Uh, can you see them being back at the pointy end or do you think there's going to be just too much competition in the West, whether it be from uh, Dallas, um, Utah, Denver or somewhere else? You know, they're an interesting one. To be honest with you, um, you know, Lakers already played them twice in the preseason, and they're going to play them um, uh, in their second uh, regular season game, which is this upcoming Friday. So Phoenix, when, when the Lakers faced them, one thing really stood out to me. Now, granted, Lakers weren't, you know, paying much attention to any preseason basketball, but one thing stood out to me, they brought everybody back. You know, there's got to be a, a tremendous amount of value uh, 
in bringing back a roster that just got to the NBA Finals. However they got there. They got there because the Lakers were injured and other teams had injuries. Clippers got injured. Okay, that's fine, but they still got there. And I think a lot of the young players, the Devin Bookers, the DeAndre Ayton, the Mikhail Bridges, these guys probably gained a tremendous amount of experience. Um, I think Phoenix will be one of the teams to reckon with in the Western Conference. I really do. I, I thought... I don't know, I just kind of went through the motions after they got to the NBA Finals. Oh, well, they got there because other teams were injured. They have, you know, a lot of good players, and they just went through a championship run, and all their guys came back. I think there's some value to that. Uh, it certainly is the, the dominant conference. Um, just before we get to the East, uh, we're really excited in Australia, Alan Slee. We're about uh, Josh Giddy, and I'm wondering whether uh, you guys in the US are getting an itty-bitty giddy about Josh Giddy, uh, given what he was able to do. in the. And I know it's just the preseason, but taking it pick six, a few people raised some eyebrows at that who maybe weren't as familiar with him as being the Rookie of the Year in our national competition last season. Um, has he started to gain to get some attention from from uh, from the pundits such as yourself from his preseason performances? So he is not. And it's, you know, nothing he's done wrong. I think, you know, to be honest with you, I'm going to give you a perfect example. Um, in the last preseason game for the Lakers, uh, Russell Westbrook was asked about, hey, you guys compete and, you know, competition is obviously very important. You went 0-6 in preseason. Um, does that kind of bother you at all? And Russell Westbrook said, um, this is his 13th, uh, 13th preseason that he's gone through. And he said he genuinely cannot tell you any of the other seasons that he's been a part of preseason, <laughs> uh, how he did, right? And, I, and I, I, the only reason why I mention that is because I think, you know, where do you make your name? You start making your name in the regular season. You start making your name, yep. you know, in April and in May when the, when the postseason starts. So it's not that any one individual shouldn't be getting more credit. It's I think people really just start paying attention more once the regular season starts. And if you're able to have success in the regular season, if you're a really young player in the league, um, people will start turning their heads if you're doing it in the regular season. Alan, let's talk about the East. Uh, we'll start with – we probably should start with the Bucks, but I'll get to them in just a moment. Um, the Nets is the biggest talking point, uh, probably other than Ben Simmons when it comes to the East refusing to get vaccinated. Now, the Nets have made the decision to say, well, you, you can't be part of what we're doing uh, until you are. Um, how big an impact is that going to have? Or did the Nets, is this one of the smartest things they've done, realising the moment they got Kyrie in the door going, you know what, I don't know if we can trust that this guy's always going to have basketball at the front of mind. Let's get James Harden in, um, and then let's look to see who else we can get to cover in the point guard position. Oh, great, Paddy Mills, we'll have him. He's an out-and-out scorer um, and plays that position really well and has won a championship, so it would be great for culture. Have they been really smart here knowing exactly what they had in Kyrie and that they couldn't trust him, or is this going to explode the Nets' chances of winning a title this year? To be honest with you, I, I don't think there was any no way of really preparing for, you know, obviously what they're dealing with right now. I, I think the James Harden was, this is one of the top five players in the NBA. If we got a chance to get him, let's go freaking get him. I mm. Patty Mills, a fantastic signing in the offseason. The Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets were reported kind of going back and forth, both teams trying to get him. I don't think those are connected. I really don't. I think... They believe that, you know, obviously Kyrie on this team, on the Brooklyn Nets, that could be the difference of winning a championship or not. Having three guys, you know, if you remember this during the playoffs last season, Kyrie injured his ankle. And um, we know Harden was dealing with a hamstring injury. 
that was it for them. I mean, they, and they still took Milwaukee seven games, and Milwaukee ends up winning the championship, and they got everybody there that's healthy. So Brooklyn's incredibly talented, but the Kyrie piece, um, I don't know if anything gets figured out anytime soon because I don't think the ownership and the general manager, Sean Marks, would go out of their way to say, look, we're not going to have uh, Kyrie Irving be a part of practice or be a part of some of these games. You're either in or you're out, and if you're not in, um, I don't think they'd have made that decision if Kyrie was on the fence or he was telling them, "Hey, I'm getting ready to get vaccinated." So it doesn't sound like this is something that's going to go anywhere. Go is going to go anywhere anytime soon. So with that being said, I definitely think it hurts their chances, and that doesn't mean that they won't come out of the East. It doesn't mean that they can't compete for a championship. It doesn't mean that they can't, you know, face the Lakers and win a, a series against the Lakers. But Kyrie is not small potatoes. He's an incredibly, incredibly mm. talented player. And if that's the third best player on your team, you got an unbelievable roster. So we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? That 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 it it would that he'd make that decision with given what they've been able to put together. It's extraordinary. The other big talking point about a, a player who's. Um, causing just as much uh, in the way of ripples around the East is, is the Ben Simmons situation, which he's now finally back at training, very much on the fringes. Watch that footage where he didn't put the arms in at the end of a training, walked straight off the court after it. How are you expecting that um, situation to affect the, the Sixers? And can you just put a line through them now until they get that sorted? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's the second soap opera going on in the NBA. You got a soap opera in Brooklyn, you got a soap opera in Philadelphia, and I'm sure Milwaukee, Milwaukee's kicking back saying, this is great. I hope both of you, both these teams, you know, don't figure it out. Um, I, I, you know, the Ben Simmons piece, he's there because there's a financial advantage of showing up to work. And, you know, he was trying to get his $8.25 million. Um, the big question is going to be, is Ben Simmons there to just go through the motions, or is he going to say, okay, I signed a contract with this team. Maybe I don't like what my coach said after the playoffs. Maybe I don't like what the other star player you know, said about me. Mm. But you know what? I'm going to put this stuff to the side. I'll let my agent go to the organization. If I could get traded down the road, great. But uh, I'm not going to help myself if I just you know, don't play the game of basketball the way I should be playing the game of basketball. But I can honestly, I can't tell you which one is going to pan out. Um, Ben Simmons, I thought when he would come back that he, you know, I just kind of imagined he would just come back to work and it's water under the bridge and let's just be a professional. But uh, until we see a couple of regular season games and and he's a part of it, I'm until we see him back in Philadelphia playing in front of Philadelphia 76 or crowd, um, I'm I'm very intrigued how this thing is going to play out. Uh, Alan, just uh, two more before we finish up. Uh, Alan Slewer from ESPN LA ahead of the NBA season uh, that starts tomorrow, and it's a fantastic doubleheader that they've been able to schedule. And um, it's it's a great lesson, as I say. Start off with big time games, and you put the teams that have been in the news: uh, Brooklyn taking on Milwaukee, the the reigning champions, the the uh, the Warriors up against the Lakers. What a day it's going to be! Um, what about the Milwaukee Bucks? They've resisted the urge to go down the super team path, even the NBA jam path, although I suppose Chris Middleton could lay claims to, to being, a, a fa- and he is, a fantastic number two. Um, are you expecting big things from Milwaukee again, or do you think that a lot of things fell into place for them? And I notice that Giannis now is very, very keen to show us that he has a jump shot. Well, uh, let, let me first start with uh, the Giannis uh, jump shot portion. 
if Giannis wants to take jumpers, I think many teams in the NBA will allow him to until he can do it on a consistent basis. So if he wants to pull up and, you know, take a 22-footer in a preseason game and knock it down, I think teams are going to welcome him. Go ahead and take that shot as long as you're not in the paint doing the damage that he typically does. As far as Milwaukee and if I feel like, you know, they're a legitimate threat, I actually really, really like the position that they're in. You know, Sam, there's something about you won a championship. Mm. You know, no one can ever take that away from you. Yep. So you can, people can throw excuses, whatever they want to say. Oh, well, well, Brooklyn got injured, and the Lakers got injured, and the Clippers got injured. Sounds good. Well, tomorrow there's a banner that's going up in Milwaukee, and it's not going anywhere. They won a championship. And I think when you accomplish that goal, and there's no longer that pressure of, well, can we get one? Should you know, Philly has pressure. Uh, Clippers have never won a championship. Uh, Phoenix, uh, you know, they got to the finals and didn't win it. Brooklyn, by the way, with KD, and they they obviously failed last season. Lakers are trying. Milwaukee's the last one to win one. Mm. So I think they're in a good spot where they got really, really good role players around Giannis that are, are not trying to get the spotlight. It's all about team basketball. Chris Middleton's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Drew Holiday knows his role on that team. And if you go down the list of, you know, the rest of the guys on that team, they're in a good spot. I mean, if listen, if they don't win, and you know, first of all, they've gone through the experience of a seven-game series against Brooklyn. They've gone through the experience of being in the NBA Finals and actually winning a championship. Giannis's performance to, to close it off in that final game was one of the greatest performances we've seen in the NBA Finals. So I think there is an incredible amount of pressure that's off the Milwaukee Bucks. Now they could just go play basketball. You know, I almost want to say you're playing with house money because you already got a championship, and I think that will prove to be advantageous to them. Uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, Alan. The last one is uh, is just a prediction one. So uh, we, we've spoken about a fair few teams here. Give me a team name that we haven't spoken about that you, that you think could really turn some heads this year, and give me the big-name player who won't finish the season at the same club that he started it at? So I think Denver um, is quietly building. When I say quietly, I mean, they were in the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers, so it's not that quiet. But um, that's a team to reckon with, and I'm not talking about this season. I'm talking about for the next four or five years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're locking up their guys. They're keeping these guys there. Um, a lot of young talent. And, you know, their biggest issue is, Jamal, Jamal Murray wasn't healthy. That was their biggest issue. As young as they are, Jokic is coming off an NBA MVP season. Michael Porter Jr. just got paid, and you know he's certainly a guy that could step up more and more. He's super young. Aaron Gordon, I thought, was a smart signing, not just because he's on their team. Okay, if it doesn't work out, what a great chip. You can go try to trade, go get another piece. You know, so I think I think they are building um, a very sustainable. A championship type of roster so that when maybe the Lakers fade out because LeBron James is ending, whether closing down his career, they can be around for a few years. So I think that's one team to keep an eye on. But, you know, of course, Jamal Murray's got to be healthy. A player to get traded. Um, that's a good question. Listen, this is probably more of an obvious one. I don't, I don't think we're going to be sitting here a year from now talking about Ben Simmons with the Philadelphia 76ers. The question is, where's that player going to go? Um, who's going to be willing to give up talent to go get him? 
and you know some other guys to keep an eye on. I'll just I'll just let me mention the Portland Portland Trailblazers. Yes, thank you. You've had Damian Lillard and CJ. You've you've had those two players there for quite a while, and I mean, it is the definition of mediocrity. Mm. Nothing is different, and nothing is going to change. So unless they go out and are a little bit bold and go make a move, whether it's you know what we got to rebuild and. Damian Lillard's got to go, and we got to go get as many assets as we can, or we got to go trade CJ McCollum and some other things to team them up with, with team them up with Damian Lillard, and take our chances. They have been a team that I can tell you four seasons in a row where they're going to finish up, and it's right in the middle of mediocrity. So, if there's a franchise that needs to make a move or do something, you either got to rebuild or go all in, and we'll see what they end up doing. Alan Sliwa, you are so generous with your time, mate. Always love catching up with you. Thank you so much. Good luck with the season. Uh, big day for you tomorrow as well. It's, that's not lost on me. The host of Lakers Talk, uh, the Travis and Sliwa show on ESPN LA, does the pre- and post-game shows as well for all the Lakers games, mate. Thank you so much. We'll speak to you soon. Enjoy the season. Sam, thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Have a good night. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.